0: U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC.
1: Most Tuesdays are just Tuesdays. Except at Buffalo Wild Wings, where Tuesdays are Wing Tuesdays. But now even Wing Tuesdays aren't just Wing Tuesdays. Because Wing Tuesdays are half-price Wing Tuesdays. Which means your boring Tuesday that became Wing Tuesday now costs you half as much. In case you're confused, we have half-price wing Tuesdays. We do it for you. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. Prices and participation vary. See participating locations for details. Void or prohibited. Welcome to the East Coast Offense Podcast. This is Chris Liss, along with Dalton Del Don of Yahoo Sports. This podcast is brought to you... By FanDuel, you can go to FanDuel.com, click on the mic in the upper right-hand corner, use my code RWPOD, sign up now. Special offer for new users, get a free six-month Rotowire subscription with just a $25 deposit. You must sign up with my promo code RWPOD. That's more than $60 in value for just $25. bucks. do not forget to use my code RWPOD. FanDuel.com, where every day is a new season. That's F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com. Sign up today. This is Chris Liss. You are listening to the East Coast Offense Podcast. I am joined by Yahoo Sports' Dalton Del Don. And it's been a couple of weeks, man, because I traveled to Germany, so we, we missed a week.
0: Yeah, it's great to be back. So let's hear it. How is it so far?
1: Uh, it's pretty chill. It's pretty nice. Um, we have some immigration issues, so I don't know how long. I mean, we're hoping we resolve those and we can stay here the whole year, but we actually got rejected Um, After waiting online for quite a while um, and putting together a lot of different paperwork. So we're – we kind of fucked up. I I can't get into all the details. It's really frustrating.
0: So further rejection? I know you were worried before you went, but I mean is this even more news? Yes. Well,
1: basically that earlier rejection we got in the States because we didn't know what we were doing, the woman looked at it and was like, no, they rejected you. I have to agree with my colleague. It was like uh, like a bad precedent. But also – it's it's a long story, but well, I'll just fucking boring, but I'll say it anyway. Who cares? Just fast forward this part of the podcast. But basically, when we applied, they rejected us because we didn't show any cultural connection. So we'd contact this lawyer, and he wrote this letter, we we translated all these documents and all the shit. It was expensive, and uh, and we emphasized our cultural collection, my connection. That was mine was. I'm going to recruit Bundesliga writers, which is actually something I'm supposed to do. Andrew Laird, who runs soccer, was like, yeah, if you could get me some writers, that'd be great. So it's like something I'm actually going to do, but it's not why I'm here. And then Heather, you know, sold German wines for a long time. And now she's going to travel around and, you know, whatever. That's what we said. So a friend of Heather's cousin's aunt's, whatever lives here, and her husband was very kind to come at, like, 9 in the morning and meet us at the immigration place and translate for us. They just don't speak English. So he shows up, and we tell him, yeah, you know, we're trying to emphasize this Bundesliga thing and this other thing. So he goes in with that. And Heather doesn't give the lawyer's letter to the people because Boris, our friend, is, like, doing all this translating for us. And you could see that, like, it's not going well by the looks on their faces. It's These bureaucrats. And basically they said, "Now nah, you could do one of these cultural things in three months, which is totally true. And then apparently the lawyer's letter laid out that that wasn't the criteria under which we were trying to get in. That was just an enhancement for the criteria we were using. But because we explained that to him because we thought that was important and he explained it to them, then we got put under a different category, which is like this freelance category where you have to prove that you need to be here, which we couldn't. But we were supposed to be in on a totally different category, but they never found that out. So now we've got two rejections on our record, but we're going to have to go back one more time and explain there's this other sort of wild card category you can get in on. So I'm sorry it's boring, but uh, but we're a little bit in limbo. I still think it's going to work, but I think we caused ourselves some unnecessary uh, stress and delay.
0: And how long – when is that deadline? I mean, when would you have to be out of there? Six You've got to you so
1: leave there? after three months if you don't have any reason to stay. Oh. But you you're could planning like, what's that? You're
0: planning, and you're planning on a year, right?
1: Oh, yeah. We rented our house out for a year, you know? So cool. like, but I mean, we could go somewhere else. Heather's been looking at some other places. It's just that it's smooth. We're here. The apartment is awesome, man. The ceilings are 18 feet high. And I was telling Heather this, you know, if you look at a house in the U.S., you're like, how many square feet is it? Right. You're like, okay, it's 2,000 square feet. Thing is. It's not – you don't live in square foot. You live in volume. You live in three dimensions. So when you have 18-foot ceilings, the place just seems vast. And right. the windows are floor to ceiling. So there's, like, so much light. And the floor – the wood floors, like, you couldn't even buy wood floors like this in the U.S. All the furniture, it's just very – it's a very cool place. Like, I, I want to invite people out here just because they'll think I'm cooler than I am.
0: Yeah, that I could see that. Very, very easily I could see that.
1: This is a place – that somebody much cooler than me, and that means so much cooler than you, would live in, right? This is not – this is way cooler than my house in L.A.
0: Nice. So uh, what? Uh, how worried are you? How concerned are you? I mean you really only get one more chance and then you're, you're done I mean, for,
1: three strikes, you're out? It's not like that. It's not like you go to jail or something. It's just <laughs> like you, you run out of options. Like what else are you going to really do? I'm and not the more worried they about it. I, I feel you. like we're going to get it. I feel like we're going to get it. We have a contact. We got it. You know, that woman was – she was not incorrect in her ruling. She was just a little looking to say no, you know. Um, and, you know, we're not political refugees from Syria. Like, if they say no, it's not the end of the world for us. But we really do want to stay. We really like the city. Um, it's just chill, man. Like, my street is good. There's all these restaurants on it. There's all this shit to do. There's a farmer's market four blocks away. Every day we walk, like, four miles throughout the city with Sasha, take her to, like, five different playgrounds, go get some ice. There's ice cream everywhere, man. It's the best ice cream. There's, like, a lot of very good ice cream places, and it's we're behaving as though we're writing an ice cream blog that that's why we're here. Like, in fact, if we lied... And said, We're here to write an ice cream blog that might actually work because we could actually back it up with the names of all the places we've been and all the different ice creams we've eaten. And Sasha thinks, like, oh, yeah, ice cream every day. This is, she thinks this is the greatest place ever.
0: So the problem is you needed to get that done before you arrived because the, the more they get to know you, the, the less likelihood they, you know, of you, your chance of you being retained there. So,
1: it, yeah, even, it was odd. I mean, there were like immediately when I got there, there were like five terrorist attacks. So I don't, right. the, I don't know if that's connected or not. But it, wasn't, it doesn't where, bode well. Where would you go if
0: it doesn't work? What, I mean, you're going to stay in Europe, right?
1: Yeah, well, you can't. There's these, um, man, we're really getting in the weeds here, but there's these Schengen countries. And the Schengen countries is a treaty. And you, we thought, oh, ah, if we don't get here, we'll just go to Spain and no problem. But Spain's a Schengen country. So you have to leave for six months before you can go to another one, It's unless you get an extension from Spain. The problem with Spain is they won't let you apply for an extension except in your home country's Spanish embassy. So we would have to go back to L.A. or very, at the very least New York to reapply, which is just – fuck that. I'm not doing that, right? Like all of us. It's not like – Heather's like, oh, I would just go and you, you guys could be here or whatever. But no, it's all of us that have to get planes. It's just not worth it, okay? So that's out. But the U.K. and Ireland are not. And you go to like Dublin. But Dublin, eh, I don't know. We like it here. Like this place is chill. And so we're, we're – I think we're going to figure it out but it's no sure thing. And dude, we don't speak German. Like I thought that was no big deal. Cause I stayed in the hotel in like the touristy area last year and we walked around, but people speak pretty good English here, but in the neighborhood, not everybody does. And those immigration people don't speak a lick of it. Believe it or not.
0: Right. Well, now that is interesting. Well, it's glad to have you, you know, connected. I, I talked to you on XM earlier this week and we're finally back podcasting. I, I made you stay up. What is it? Past midnight your time. I had to hammer out a, post uh, mlb um trade deadline article and i you know i couldn't do it earlier i had to wait till all the moves and some of the moves didn't come in until about a half hour after the, the actual deadline nothing too amazing or anything but i was required to write a fantasy risers and fallers column so it's 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 12 15 a.m your time so let's do this
1: first and foremost how much nfl drafting have you done to date
0: not very much. I've done the, the Stopa Law Firm auction, obviously, with you, and I've done two MFLs. Um, I'm not sure how where you are of those, but they're, uh, they're slow drafts. You get eight hours on the clock. Hopefully, people don't take nearly that time, and it's best balls. The only reason I would do that at this time of year, they're best ball leagues. So once you draft, then you're done. It sets your best lineup. I've done uh, two of those, but um, that even that was a few weeks ago. So I'm, I'm basically entering um, – it's the quiet before the storm moment for me right now. What about yourself?
1: I'm in – Right now, currently drafting uh two best balls, two MFLs, and I always take the same player in every league. It's just like it's so I, I just it's the same guy. It's my pick. I get the same guy I picked last time. Why would I change my mind on who I want? What I like about the MFLs is you can take running backs early because part of the problem with taking running backs early in a standard league is your receivers like from rounds three through ten or whatever are going to be or four through ten that that batch of receivers that play sometimes or get targeted sometimes uh, are very hard to set lineups with. You're going to always make a mistake with receivers. You get Deshaun Jackson's big touchdown. Did you get Jeremy Macklin's eight-catch game, or did you get his three-catch game, right? Guys like that. They're very hard week to week to deal with. But in the best ball, it kind of just goes away, all that lineup issue with the wide receivers, right? So you just get a bunch of them, and – You're going to get their good games. You're not going to get whips out on the bench. And I think that actually is a lot. It's not the only reason wide receivers should be drafted ahead of running backs. But it's actually an overlooked one. And that does not apply in the best ball format.
0: It's funny you say you end up with the same players because I'm two for two um, in, in, in both MFL leagues. I mean, I started with David Johnson, and then I took Brandon Marshall. This was before Fitzpatrick resigned. In round two, so I literally went with the same first-round pick and the same second-round pick in, in both my MFL. So it's it's funny you say that because it seemingly happened the same exact for me as well.
1: So I took uh, Brandon Cooks at eight overall in, in my first one. In my second MFL, I took Gurley at like six or whenever I picked. And then in round two, I got Brandon Cooks. And in round two, in the other one, I got Freeman. It, it, I don't know. They're all kind of structured the same way, though. I can't remember who I got in round three. Maybe I got I got C.J. Anderson in one or both, and and maybe Devonte Parker in round four and both. It's just the same guys there that you like, so you're taking them. I mean, what's the, you know? I guess if you were to pick on totally different sides of the draft, but when I picked eighth and sixth, it's similar right. enough.
0: Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, are you going to start? How many leagues are you going to be in this year? Do you think?
1: Why well, don't count the MFLs because
0: right right there's no, no I don't management.
1: Um, and then Jeff and I are doing this like high stakes best ball F, FFPC competition t- style. I don't I don't really know. I had him do it because it was like overnight. I'm gonna be in two beat Chrysalis leagues for the NFFC those 350 dollars online ones. I'm gonna be I got the Stopa league. I got the Vegas league. We just drafted. I'm gonna be in the stake league for Rotowire. I'm gonna be in. Yeah, Brad- Peter
0: asked me. Peter asked me to be back in that one this year. I think I, I think I am.
1: Okay. That's easy money. So that's five. I'm going to be in Brad Evans' league, that huevos league, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. And then some dude invited me to something else, and I'm having Trevor do it, and I'm giving him half the money. And then – so I'm not going to lift a finger for that, although I know Trevor's going to be like hungover and be like, dude, I don't have time to do the thing today. Do you mind? I'm going to be like, no. But anyway, I don't know. Probably like eight, something like that. Yeah. I'm probably leaving that's a couple not- out. I, I'm – spacing on a couple, but yeah.
0: Yeah, that's not too bad. I really try to limit baseball to six to seven, but but football I can do like 10 to 12. It's it's much easier to manage football as it is to, to especially daily baseball leagues. But um, yeah, that sounds about right. i I'd probably be around 10 to 12 myself.
1: Yeah, you know, it's weird. I'm kind of checking out of baseball because I can't play daily here. They don't let me. I tried to play just about every platform. And oh. so... That's fine. It's great. My life is better. Like well, you, I don't, you
0: checked out friends and family months ago. Uh,
1: yeah, I'm like four points behind you. I'm kind of checked out of what's going on day to day baseball because I cannot do daily. But it's great for my life. It's like, oh wow, I don't waste all this time sitting there like refreshing. But by doing that, you really absorb everything that's going on in baseball without trying. Right. And when you stop doing that, you're just kind of eh, what's I don't know. You see what's you see what's going by your Twitter feed. But I'm not, like, and I'll look at the box scores every night, but I'm not, like, you know, moment to moment seeing how it's developing. I don't really know what's going on. I don't feel on top of it. And then in the NFBC, I do my two online ones. I mean, I'm in, like, sixth, but I'm not that far out of second. And that still pays, like, 700 bucks. But I feel so lazy. Like, I'll just, like, sort by most owned, bid on a couple guys I might need. I'm not doing any research. I'm not looking at the bottom of the list and seeing, like, what sleepers are there that I can sneak? I'm just mailing it in, man.
0: Yeah, I hear you. It, it, the, this is a tough time in sports just in general. I mean, there's no basketball, no hockey if you're into that. Uh, football will pick up soon enough, but, I mean, it's still, you know, a week or two away. And baseball, this is just the dog days of summer. And especially if you're not in contention, it's tough to get motivated when you have a sixth place team, you know, to try to move up a couple spots. So, yeah. Well, no, I so- mean, you're sixth
1: place but you're six points out of second, which pays 700 bucks.
0: Yeah, then you should be halfway motivated there. I know, but
1: I'm just like, whatever. I'm, I don't know. I, I, have a, I have a team that's in first place, and I've been lazy with it. I mean, I'd make sure the lineup's set and, like, i do my pickups and stuff, but, like, I'm not watching it day to day.
0: Yeah, I hear you. Well, you got to step it up. I mean, I guess you're too busy eating ice cream over
1: there. The worst is going to be September when all the call-ups happen. Last year, I had a, my best year ever, and I was, like, on top of everything. You know, I was the guy picking up Corey Seager in mid-August. I was the guy picking up anybody who got called up. I was on it before it happened. And this year I'm not going to be that guy, unfortunately.
0: You know It's also just really frustrating talking about the trade deadline here is, is I don't know. I used to have a strategy of of punting closers, and I've gone I've gone away from that just because mainly because their price has really gone down over the past, I'd say, three, four years. But what a joke. Like, I mean, so many closers have been traded away and now are set up, man. And you can just go from them being highly valuable to droppable in, in fantasy baseball. And it's it's kind of really annoying. I mean, I guess I should factor that in more in my rankings and my drafting at the beginning of the year. Just how likely these guys are to be traded. But even then, how likely is that team to trade for another? I mean, like Hector Rondon is a top five reliever oh, in baseball. yeah, You're
1: all over Hector Rondon. I knew that was stupid at the time.
0: Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. I mean, it's like name one better reliever in baseball. They may have traded for the, the only one. I mean, that's just ridiculous. And then that was, that, then was got, that
1: was so dumb. Why were you so all in on Hector Rondon? That was unf- Al- unfathomable. Was, you know, ruled, um,
0: Cubs have the best record in baseball, and he has like a one ERA. Yeah, yeah and, how dumb of me. I know. Co- Cody
1: Allen is terrible. I can't believe people are on Cody Allen. Those are both well,
0: terrible had, picks. Yeah, I know. He actually did well, and he's on a first place team, and. I'm pissed at LaCroix, by the way. I have a sizable bet on the Indians to win the World Series at 23 to 1. That would have been real nice. If right. He, not
1: only did he not go to the Indians, he goes to the Rangers, which is like probably right. who they're going to play in the, you know, ALCS.
0: Not only that, I have another bet of the Astros to win that division. So that was like a twofold for me. I really hate LaCroix. But, um, uh, I um, But at least they got Andrew Miller. I mean, they really could have used him. But now Batansis is suddenly a top-five closer, even if the Yankees don't win a ton of games. Right. I mean, he's he's sick. Um, so, so, and they trade away Chapman and Batances. And there's so many. I mean, Jeffress was just traded for Milwaukee. Yeah. I mean, there's so –
1: it's just – Melanson and, and left, and now Tony Watson's a closer. The Clippard was traded. I don't even know if he was the closer, and now this other dude in Arizona's got the job. Yeah. It's just been a huge thing. The funniest thing is in AL Tout Wars, my offense is terrible, but I'm hoping – would made a bunch of trades. I'm hoping, like, it kicks in the last two months. But I I made the – my plan was to go Chapman, Batances, and Andrew Miller. I got all three, and I paid a lot for all three. But, you know, obviously I didn't pay, like, that much. And I got now three Three closers. closers. Those guys are ridiculous strikeouts, ERA, whip, and win. They even got some wins for me. And now I already traded Chapman for uh, Francisco Lindor – and I'm I'm trading. I'm trying to move Miller, or I also have Will Harris, who I picked up. So I just I'm just loaded with closers, um, and that strategy was really good this year because the Yankees turned turned that one closer and two elite setup guys into three closers.
0: So I, I saved all. Uh, I have the hammer in NL labor. I have a hundred dollars fab still, and um, I'm not. It's half forgetting about it, and half um, because I thought that, you know the deadline was today. I kind of forgot that. Chapman and um, Eduardo Nunez could have been bid on last night. Right. And um, not only was there not a big move today as far as AL to NL, you know, I guess Josh Reddick and Matt Moore and Rich Hill are the biggest right. ones. Um, so I, I didn't get Chapman. And Nunez, uh, the Giants traded Matt, uh, Matt Duffy today. So Nunez is a regular. I mean, he led the AL in steals. So, right. you know, the thought he was maybe going to be a super utility guy. So I look pretty dumb there. I'm only in the middle of the pack there anyway. I'm not, not going to win it, but still – I, sh- I probably should have went with Nunez or Chapman as opposed to the lack of blockbuster as far as AL coming to the senior circuit today.
1: Yeah, don't worry. You're going to win our bet. I think we have like a $100 bet. My labor team is so bad. I'm going to be oh, shelling good. out a decent amount of money from some of these side bets. I'm a little nervous about that. I've got to pass you and friends and family. That team's actually still good, and it's kind of well-situated with all the players I have. But like, I've got to <laughs> win some of these because I may end up shelling out like 700 bucks to various people and I'm concerned about that cost.
0: Yeah. I've run Rondone in that league and another, another closer that I, Oh, I had Fernando Rodney and Rondone in, right. in, in, friends and family. That's, yeah. that's fun.
1: Yeah. I, and I picked up all these closers. So I, I had Kimbrell. I bought Perkins, Kimbrell got hurt, but he's back pretty quickly. Now uh, I bought Perkins. He was a piece of shit and got, then got hurt. And then I got Alex Colomay just because, eh, you know, Boxberger won't be back for a little bit. This always happens by the way. If right. ever there's a guy, and this happened with Casey Jansen and, I can't even remember, Hector Sanchez, whoever the guy was supposed to be. That's not his name. It's something like that. There's, there was supposed to be a closer in the Jays that was really good, but Casey Jansen was going to take over for the month while he you know rehabbed his shoulder or whatever. And, of course, the guy never came back. Casey Jansen kept the job for the year. Same thing with Columet and Boxberger. It's like always take the guy with the job now, in, unless it's or old Chapman coming back from getting hit in the face or suspended unless it's someone like that they are not going to make room for the other guy. And plus the other guys probably going to be hurt the whole season anyway.
0: I was thinking about this and those three guys you bought, those three relievers, uh, you know, given the final 3 months of the year, the, the amount of saves they're going to get, that, I mean that the amount of money you spent is got to, it's almost got to be worth like a like a Kershaw if he stayed healthy, right?
1: Uh, probably better because the yeah. ratios and strikeouts are going to be the same as him. And so, it was cheap and right wins then. and wins. They're yeah. going to get me. They they've yeah. got me something like eleven wins so far. So they're going to get me like fourteen, fifteen wins. Okay, so Kershaw would have got like twenty. So they'll get like. 15. Well, Andy
0: costs less. I'm not even factoring that in. I mean, they probably cost twenty bucks less total, right?
1: Oh, uh, they cost like thirty-five. No, I mean. They cost a decent amount, you know, maybe something thirty-eight bucks or something like that.
0: Okay, okay,
1: but still. But no, no, no. They're going to have Kershaw strikeouts more than he would have had. Well, I got to look at the actual totals. They're going to have you know two-thirds of the wins or three-quarters of the wins. Their ratios are going to be close, but then I'm going to get like sixty saves. (laughs) Like that's the other thing, right? It's like if Kershaw put up his numbers and he traded five wins for sixty saves.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. I was just looking this up, writing this article, and maybe uh, obviously war is an imperfect stat, but since 2014, Dylan Betances has an eight war. The next highest reliever is uh, Chapman at
1: 6.9. Yeah, he's good. I mean, he was putting up those numbers as a Yankee in a hitter's park.
0: Okay. And he pitches a lot of innings, too, for a reliever, at least relative to today's age, today's yeah. game. Yep. No, he's
1: good. Um, I, I should actually add up their stats and keep a tally. It's, it would be interesting. You should. Yeah. So Chapman, 206 ERA, .83 whip. I mean, Kershaw was just ridiculous with that. But he has three wins, 21 saves, and in 35 innings he has 50 Ks. Remember, he missed time, so his is a little less impressive than those other guys who played the entire year. Now, Andrew Miller, if we're going to add his stuff up, he had he has 20, uh, oh, sorry 139 ERA, .77 whip, 77 Ks and 45 in the third innings, and six <laughs> wins, okay, and nine saves. Oh,
0: well, I didn't realize he had six wins.
1: And wow. nine saves, okay. And then Batansis. this was, like, a really good strategy. It was the only thing I did right. Batances has a .99 whip, two fifty RA, so nothing special. I mean, really good, but nothing special. 89 Ks and 50 in the third. He only has <laughs> two wins, and he has no saves. So he hasn't actually... He's got a lot of Ks, but he hasn't really helped you that much. And, and obviously great ratios for, like, a starting pitcher, but he hasn't, like, helped you that much.
0: But those three could easily get 45 to 50 saves from here on out.
1: Yeah, they're going to get, like, yeah, combined, sure. I mean, if they're, or like, maybe, 40 save guys, they should get 13 each. Right? Yeah. They should get about 35 to 40.
0: At least, at least it's half. The, I guess it's a little less than half the year, yeah. but but yeah, that, that's 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 a crazy. That turned out that well, and you're still going to be in last.
1: No, I'm not. No, that's that's tout. That wasn't labor. Uh, tout on okay, okay. like sixth or seventh. The problem with my hitting is terrible. But I have you know I, I I've had like nothing from Buxton, who's well, he got hurt, but he's playing in today, so he's really had a dead half season. Brantley is really a killer. I mean, in both leagues, he just hasn't really played. Um, but I traded for Lindor. I got Gallo now active. I got, you know, I still. Well, have... he's
0: you know, the problem with Gallo. He's probably going to get sent down now. They just traded for Beltran.
1: Yeah, that's not good. I don't know. I mean, I have. I got Morneau. I picked up. You know, just like it's AL only. So I, you I, love I, Morneau. You can't. You can't quit Morneau. No, he was. I got him for nothing. Like, like as soon as they signed him, I picked him up for nothing. That was a great pickup. I mean, this is an AL only league. People didn't even. Take it seriously. I traded for yeah. Leonis Martín. I missed like a month of Maben. He's been good since he's been back. Really yeah. good. I've got Chris Davis and Adrian Beltre are my mainstays, but I've got so much garbage on this team. You know, guys like Aviçil Garcia's garbage. I didn't realize how little he had done for me. I didn't. I bit on him on this agnostic. Like oh, I'll go nine. He's a full time guy. Little pop. Good park. He's got six home runs and three hundred at bats.
0: He's terrible
1: awful and, and hurting my on-base percentage.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: So we'll see. My well, pitching, my pitching's killing it. My pitching's great. You know, It's weird that none of the guys I bought are any good, but it's all Matt Shoemaker and Danny Duffy who I picked up.
0: So you feel some sort of relief not having to worry about uh, DFS every day?
1: Yeah, I, I didn't worry about it. It's not like it was just it was like you felt compelled to play because it was action. I had something to do. It was like, right. yeah, I want to have a chance to win ten grand, and I, of course... And I'm not going to sit it out. So you start looking into it and then you set a lineup and then you'd be like, yeah, but kind of like this angle too. And then you set like 10 lineups and now you're $30 in. And then it starts and you start tracking it. Ah, cool. One of my guys hit a home run. Sweet. My, you know, $30 is now at 120. And now it's like, okay, I got to start watching. And then an hour later you go out and do something, go to dinner, whatever. And later that night you waste another hour sweating it. And then at the end of the night you're like yeah, no, hear- sweating whether your thirty is thirty-eight or twenty-eight. Like that's like what you're sweating. Like, did your thirty make ten bucks or lose five bucks? And then <laughs> right. you're like, dude, I spent like how much time doing this? This is a total waste of my life. And it's not even compelling at the end. It's like you know your stakes are low. There's no you have no upside. But yet you're hoping, you know, who knows, maybe this guy's gonna hit a grand slam.
0: Yeah, no, it, it is. It is fun, though. I can. I, I mean, I hear you. I hear you.
1: Yeah, it's horrible. So I'm glad to be done with it. But if it were available to me, I would play.
0: Right, <laughs> right. Um, so I asked you this on the XM, um, but I, when I went there to Germany when I was 18 years old, and I was served a, a, a meat, and um, after I was finished eating it, they told me it was horse, and it's a delicacy supposedly there. Have you still not come across this?
1: I did come across it. Um, so you have.
0: Okay, but all it's right. not Let's really it.
1: horse. Actually, that's not what it is. That's they call it okay. horse, but that doesn't mean what you think it means.
0: Well, I've been telling this story wrong for the past uh, fifteen no, no. years. No, When
1: they say horse, what they mean is human.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> even better. I've always wanted to try it. I didn't even realize I had tried that. I've always thought of that. I didn't realize. Okay, all right. Yeah, that's just a loose translation. Is that that's yes. their?
1: No, I haven't, term, I haven't come across that shit, dude. I don't know what kind of weirdos you're hanging out with, but that's not that's not like a thing here, man. And what part of Germany you were in, anyway? Uh,
0: whatever part is close to Switzerland.
1: Well, that's probably south, right? So you're probably nowhere near here because Berlin's in the northeast. Yeah. Okay. There you go. So I was in the in Germany. I was in you the, uh, know, it's like it's not as big as the U.S. It's not even close. But it's you know, it's like there's different parts. It's not not everybody's the same.
0: That makes sense. I was in the affluent part, and you're in the scums. I got it.
1: <laughs> Berlin actually isn't the richest city here. There's more like business. I think like um, Frankfurt is more is a wealthier city, and maybe Munich is too. But Berlin is sort of the it's the capital, obviously. And it's also sort of the cultural center. And this place is this is what this is like. This is like New York City, if everything were half the price, and there were way more trees. It was way greener. And there were many more parks and stuff for kids. And everyone had a lot better taste. That's kind of what it's like.
0: Well, New York has is pretty Sa- good
1: taste, but it's way better taste than L.A.
0: Is Sasha in, um, in school yet?
1: No, she would start September 1st. Okay. So everything's cool. Here's my, here's my theory on this place. This place is amazing. Like, you go out and you have a couple glasses of wine and you have an appetizer or two and then you have an entree and you have a coffee or dessert. And it's Sasha, me, and Heather, and it's like 60 euros, which is like 66 bucks. And then you pay a 10% tip because that's why you tip here. So it's like 73 bucks for a dinner that would cost like 140 bucks in L.A. Easy. And you just feel like you're winning. It's just, it's just awesome. Yeah. And the people are nice, and the food's good. You're like, this is great. And you walk around the city, and it's bigger. Berlin's uh, footprint is bigger than the five boroughs of, Manhattan, of New York City combined. Okay, which is huge. Manhattan is just a tiny part of New York City. This is bigger than the five boroughs combined by a a small amount. But this is just a vast city, and there's, like, cool stuff all over. And I'm thinking this – and our apartment is sick. It's like you just could not build a place like this, this old 150-year-old place with these windows and everything. And I'm thinking, why isn't everybody living here? Like, this – should be like the – everybody would be moving here. And Why isn't this five times the price of, of what it is? Why isn't it more expensive than London um, or certainly New York?
0: Yeah, it would have probably been cheaper for me to fly the six of us to Germany and me buy them the steak dinner than it was for me to, to buy everyone strip steak at Mandalay Bay when we were in Vegas recently.
1: Yeah, not quite. But, yes, if you, if you were to do it over and over again, it would. I think that it's probably pretty bad in the winter here. <laughs> is what I'm thinking. Like, okay. if you ever go to Portland in Oregon, it's like in the summer. You're like, this place is amazing. It's green. It's really nice. There's all this outdoor shit to do. It's like all these parks. It's a really nice city. But then the shit doesn't stop raining from like October till May. People can't deal with it, and so it doesn't get. Oh, it doesn't get super expensive and overcrowded because people just can't live there. And I, and I'm having a feeling. That the winter here, it's its cold. It's not going to be any colder than, like, it's not going to be as cold as, like, you know, Minnesota or Wisconsin or something like that. But I think it's, like, it gets dark. You know, it's, we're really north here. So it's going to get dark early. It's going to be gray and dark all the time and cold. So that's, I think, what happens.
0: Have you checked in with the people living in, you know, renting your house back back home? Or you, uh, do you have yeah, someone yeah. check in on them? Like, yeah. well, how, how, are you, how are you? I mean, are you worried about that? I mean, I know you've well, There's you, a, you f- there a small fire, right?
1: And... <laughs> <laughs> it, it got contained. I mean, this, we're going to rebuild on uh, some of the, no, no, it's fine. These people, they're like, uh, they like, uh, we're going to pay a caretaker, like a hundred bucks a month to just like water the plants and like, just make sure of any important mail, you know, whatever, 200 bucks a month. But they wanted to t- get a hundred dollars off on their rent because they're super cheap, but they're really good. Like they're really like on top of shit and be the caretaker. So they've been emailing us in detail about shit. They're, okay. they're on top of it. We got the best tenants. They're super neurotic. Like, they're super, like, like details that they should not even care about, but it's good.
0: That's really good. That's worth the $100 off the rent. Oh,
1: it's great. They're so earning it. The dude wrote me like a 800 word email, and I was like, dude, you are earning this caretaker thing. He was explaining all the stuff that happened. This little water thing broke, and he called a plumber, and Totally, a so nice problem.
0: little nice little racket they're running there. I can't wait till you get back and see what they're really doing.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, as long as they clean up before we get home, I don't want to know. <laughs> you definitely don't want to like, know. It's like Project X. You ever seen the movie Project X?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen some of it. I know you're talking about. Yeah, I like yeah. is that the one that, that was like dad, us, like, growing the up? The dad's like proud of him, right? Yeah, at the, the very like,
1: end, to- he's like, "I wish I had the balls to do something like this." And the dad actually. Speaking of which, the guy who plays the dad, the guy's name is Peter Cook, and that dude used to be in the Hollywood Fantasy Football League that I shot the documentary yeah. on. It's actually, I don't know him anymore, but I used to know the dad a little bit.
0: Nice. I didn't realize that. That's, Project that's
1: X, that's some serious shit. That's big time. If I, know, if I know the dad who has three lines in Project X, give me some respect for yeah.
0: that. <laughs> yeah, man, that's, that's pretty uh, impressive. Yeah,
1: but that movie so quit, was good. That name-dropping, Good. Dude.
0: Quit, quit name-dropping.
1: Nah, I know, I know. i got to take it easy. Uh, but that that I, I, that was a legit movie. It, it's it's funny because that movie, like I related to that because we did shit like that when we were kids. We didn't start a fire and flame and shoot some dude with a flamethrower and kill him, but we, you know, it was like a, a house party was something where you shit got destroyed. It was bad, right? You didn't want to have one, and if someone else had one, it was you know they paid the price. It was a serious thing, and it wasn't always on purpose. It was sometimes just the reckless. Just imagine, you know, having hundreds of like reckless, wasted teenagers at your house. So I related to it. You know, I got really connected with that movie and this other there's a show on and it's called um, Flaked. OK, I don't know if you've seen it on that. Net- Have you heard of it on Netflix?
0: I actually just only know this because I saw you tweet about it. Exactly. Okay. actually only, only, only so what's his name? By the way, wait, real quick, real quick. Everyone should watch The Night Of on HBO. Right. That show is brilliant and really, really good. It's definitely up my alley with my jo- with a genre that I like, but you should be watching You should be watching The Night Of okay. on HBO.
1: I'll see if I, I – could probably get it online. I don't know – see if the online account works, but Netflix does work. And so the show, flaked. it's not like an amazing show, but who's the guy from Arrested Development? What's that guy's name?
0: Uh, you know what I'm which which one? It's a pretty big cast. One, one of the one?
1: brothers – Not the guy that's in Veep, but his brother, who's, like, the weird guy who's always, like, off on his own doing something weird into magic.
0: Yeah, Job. um, uh, What is it? What's
1: the actor's name? And he plays this, like, dude who... Will Arnett. Will Will Arnett. Arnett. That is him, right? So he plays this dude who's, like, the mayor of Venice, okay? And it's all those places you and I went when you hung out with me. Okay. All the rooms there, like, all that shit, that whole street. This place, Jelena, this restaurant. And... He is just like my buddy, Whitelaw, who you met, you and, but he's not, I mean, he doesn't look like White Law, but he, and Whitelaw is like the mayor of Venice. And I am just so connected with the show. Cause I'm like, this is real. This is exactly how it is, but it got panned. Nobody likes it because they probably didn't live there. Like I did for five years. What's this on? It, it's on Netflix.
0: Okay. It's a Netflix show. It's like,
1: right. not really funny. I mean, it's funny, but it's not really a comedy. It's like kind of a biting satire on that place. Maybe that's why people don't like it because it's just the characters. There's no hero. It's kind of like sideways if it wasn't funny. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was just realistic.
0: Right. All right, cool. Maybe I'll check it it out.
1: It's not great.
0: All right, Liz, what do you want to make this – cut this one short? Do you, want to, do you want to talk some politics? Get, up, get I'm sure you have a couple things off your chest. It's been a few weeks. There's a couple – you know, did the RNC, the DNC happened in between, so there's got to be a, a few. There's, like, so much
1: <laughs> shit. Like, like, I'll just say a couple things real quick. Like, one is the DNC hack. It might have been the Russians. There's no proof, but, of course, they latched onto that and wanted to make that the big thing, right? The Russians are rooting for Trump. Let's talk about the Russians, the Russians, the Russians. Trump's in bed with the Russians. They want to keep repeating that because – they don't want to pay attention to the actual uh, contents of the leak, which is they, they conspired to defeat Bernie Sanders. they were not supposed to do that. The DNC is supposed to be this neutral arbiter just trying to get the best candidate in. And instead of being that, they were like in cahoots, which everybody knew. But if you said that, they would have been like, okay, tinfoil hat, okay, conspiracy theorist. And now that it's proven, never mind that, what about the Russians, right? <laughs> it's like they don't want to deal with the fact that they cheated, I mean, that's fucked up. Like, the candidate, they're trying to unite the party, and, like, people walked out, and there were empty seats at the convention, and people were booing. But the Clinton campaign set up this noise machine and a whole bunch of other things to drown them out. It was, it was like, a whole coordinated professional effort to keep them. They, otherwise, you would have heard boos during her speech. There's not – nothing's going to come of it, but that is one thing. The second thing that just kind of doesn't crack me up is disturbing is in my Facebook feed, which is, like, just people you know rather than people you choose to follow – it's like right. – it is as if – it is honestly – if you just didn't know anything and you just came from another planet, but you could read English and you just w- looked at my Facebook feed as a source of news, you would think that Trump was literally Hitler. Not like, oh, he could be – he's doing things like – but he was literally Hitler. And Hillary Clinton was literally like the crowning achievement of our civilization, that this was like the most wonderful thing that ever happened. They never talk about her foreign policy record. And, you know, she hasn't given a press conference in six months. Like, Trump gives one every day and says some crazy shit in every single one. Anyway, it's just, it's a shit show. And, you know, a lot of people are doing that. Okay, well, it's over. You better just vote for the lesser of two evils. And I don't want to vote for the lesser of two evils. I don't want to do it.
0: Um, I'm aware you don't. Um, how good was Obama's speech?
1: I didn't watch it. It's just, uh, that's his that's his specialty.
0: I know, I know. No, delivering I know.
1: that bullshit speech. He's <laughs> such a good performer. I mean, he is—he's excellent. He could be a professional actor. I mean, he has the timing. He—he he has the you know the voice. He's got everything. He's very, very poised up there, and very good at it. But it's all a bunch of bullshit.
0: Not that it matters. But did you see that uh, Bill fell asleep during Hillary's speech?
1: Who wouldn't? You know. It's just that same platitude, 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 bullshit, bullshit. I'm getting money from everybody and I'm going to do what they tell me, but platitude, platitude. It's just bullshit. I honestly think if, if I'm not sure who the lesser of two evils is, that's the other problem. Uh, Trump, way worse on Supreme Court, environment, right? For uh, people who are at risk, minorities, worse. Hillary, every, the whole establishment's behind her. If Trump wanted to start a war, everyone would be like, no way. Hillary, they're going to have bipartisan support for it. All the war profiteers who funded her campaign are going to love it. I'm very nervous about her foreign policy, where it's going to take us. You think, oh, well, she's not crazy. She's not going to do anything crazy. Trump's the one who's going to do something crazy. Oh, yeah? How about George Bush? Was he crazy? Did he behave all crazily and seem like a crazy person? No. He was a smooth-behaving, professional-behaving politician and led us into like horrible conflicts. I think Hillary is... is as dangerous in that same respect.
0: Yeah, so what do you think now? I see the latest, like, 538 kind of fluctuates, but um, I haven't seen the the, the difference in the polls since the DNC, and I knew that was going to be huge, but I think they pretty much give it around a 60-40 odds right now. I I know you probably don't even really care, frankly, but what would you uh, predict?
1: I think Trump is... I don't know because the whole the whole media is for her. Like I don't read anything that's not like Trump's a maniac. Hillary's doing the sensible X Y and Z. Like I don't the media is totally in the tank for her. But I kind of think Trump's going to win. I think he's a better politician. Like I think when they get on stage in the debate, he's going to sound like a person. He's going to be annoyed or say something stupid, but he's going to sound like a human being that's having a discussion and she's going to sound like this robotic scold and he's gonna win. That's what I think's gonna probably happen. And no, I mean she's
0: yeah, opposite of Obama. She's not very good at speaking, and she's even admitted as such, which I give her credit for. But right. yeah, she that that could be a, definitely a, an issue for her.
1: Yeah, and like so, she knows all this stuff about policy, and she has all this experience. Well, so did Dick Cheney. You know, I mean, it's just not you. Got, you got to make the right call, and she's made terrible calls. So it's not just a bunch of knowledge, right? It's like. You, you could, like, talk to some sabermetrician that knows every single player inside and out and has scouting reports and read everything, but they're always in last place in your fantasy baseball league. It doesn't really matter. It, it's not that it doesn't matter. You should have some floor of knowledge, which Trump probably doesn't even have. But if your judgment's <laughs> terrible, it doesn't really help if you're basically just being driven by your donors and, you know, and, and – I don't really know what she's driven by, honestly. Like, obviously, to getting elected, she's driven by donors and some of those policies, but I don't even know who she is. I have no idea.
0: Right. All right. Is that good one? Good enough for our return? Do you need to go to sleep?
1: Yeah, I'm fine. I mean, we could, we could have talked a little more sports because I feel like this is light on sports. But you know what? Nobody listens to us for the fucking sports.
0: No, we'll, we're going to get into football here real soon. It's it's right. fine. This There's is just a,
1: this is just this is just sort of the get back in the Germany California podcast, the international version of it. Get people back in after a little hiatus. Doesn't matter that we didn't talk about sports. You good with that?
0: Um, yeah, I touched on the trade deadline. I mean, my Giants traded for Matt Moore and Will Smith and Nobody gave cares. up. A lot, Nobody cares about that. A lot of people. And, um, uh, but there really wasn't anything that, that important that happened to, you know, too big a trades and we'll talk football a lot next, but I, I'm, I'm good with it. I'm good with, yeah. with by the with way, all what this we
1: shit did. is going in, obviously that we're talking about right now. I'm not editing this shit out. Oh, I, I didn't plan on you to. Okay. All right. Okay. That's fine.
0: All right. Cool, man. Good, right. Uh, have fun in Germany and good luck with your, uh, your, your, your troubles there. I, I assume that they're probably going to kick you out one way or the other, but enjoy your time yeah. while, you know, the next six weeks or whatever it is, two and a half months while you're there.
1: No, I, that's not – I'm hoping to be kicked out in 11 and a half months, at which point they will kick me out, at which point I will have a house to go back to. So that's the idea. Right. <laughs> All, right. All right. man. Take, Take it easy. easy, Don. Later. All right. Later. All right. This is the East Coast Offense Podcast sponsored by FanDuel.com. You can go to FanDuel.com, click on the mic in the upper right-hand corner, use my code RWPOD, sign up now. Special offer for new users. Get a free six-month Rotowire subscription for just a $25 deposit. You must sign up with my promo code RWPOD. That's more than $60 in value. It's 25 bucks. Don't forget to use my code RWPOD. FANDUEL.com, where every day is a new season. That's F A N D U E L.com. Sign up today.
0: They're going to kill the love of my life.
1: Casey! If I don't go back to what I was doing this Friday.
0: Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless.